Hello, and welcome to Rory and Dara's Research and Development, episode 13, on Flirt FM 101.3. I believe this is our penultimate episode of this semester, Dara. It would be. It would I suppose be, yeah. it would. It would, because um, Flirt begin to play reruns and everything like that after the 18th of December. So this is our penultimate episode on Flirt FM for this semester. Isn't that interesting? I, uh, it's both a sad time for us mm. and a happy time for you. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
<laughs> yeah, they're probably delighted they don't have to they're tune into this. Delighted. <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah, I've I've really enjoyed up until now, and uh, hopefully for semester two it'll be equally as good. It'll be better. It'll be better, better than ever. Yeah, the best. So you were just listening to "Raining Men" by Jerry Halliwell, and I believe that is because Dara's topic today is the weather. Am I correct, Dara? The weather. There we go. Yeah. Lovely. How is it? It's a bit cold. <laughs> it's cold with the scattering of showers. Temperatures will range from about two to five degrees. Lovely. Well, that rounds up topic one of... <laughs> yeah, that rounds up topic one. Oh gosh, I'm messing, I'm messing. Right. Wait, actually, very quick thing. You know what I discovered? You know um, weathermen and weatherwomen? Yes. They don't actually have a teleprompter telling them exactly what to say. Oh, I didn't know that. They just get shown the graphics. So they have to make it up. Exactly. Well, then so they're, they're good at it. Exactly. So they have to really know their stuff. It's not like you, any old person can just stand in front. Yeah. They actually have to know what you're talking That's about. That's good. I, I like know. that. There you I go. I like that. Sorry. So there you go. Now, I'll be talking about the weather, but like the, the weirder side of it, the I more interesting <laughs> types of weather phenomena. Ooh, yes, lovely word. <laughs> a beautiful word. A, a beautiful, beautiful word. But what I'd like to start off on is a phenomena that we all know. We all love or hate, our dogs hate it. Lightning. Lightning, yes. It's electric. It is electric. And you all know about that. And I'm sure you do. But anyway, <laughs> so could you imagine... If you had 10 hours of non-stop lightning, almost on a daily basis. On a daily a basis? On a daily basis. Oh my God. Almost. Now I say yeah. almost. Now, the majority of the time, there is actually lightning occurring in this place. And it's a place in Venezuela. Ooh. Okay. So it lights up the skies of Venezuela and near the mouth of the Catacombo River. Okay. Okay. And the Catacombo lightning... Or the Relampago del Catacumbo. Oh, look you at like you, that? look you like at that? you. Oh, Ooh, tasty. <laughs> Very tasty. <laughs> it's a massive stream of lightning that can occur for 10 hours at a time. 10 hours? 10 hours at a time. That's mental. Crazy. And scientists are unsure about why it happens in this specific place, but it is believed that Catacumbo lightning originates from storm clouds that float an impressive 4,876 kilometers above the earth. So they're really high up. Wow. And then a mixture of the heat, the moisture, and the high mountains create a perfect environment for the weird weather. And also, like you, you could say, but you're, why wouldn't it be in the Alps? You know? Yes. It's the fact that you have the lake... You know, uh, and yes. you have all these varied terrain because mm. you have water, you have mountains, you, have, you know, greenery, you have everything, and that actually accumulates with charge or whatever, and that's why so much lightning occurs in this place. It was very interesting. Gee whiz, that's class. Can I just ask? Yes. Are there any settlements nearby? Are there any? Is there there's anyone? a city. <laughs> oh, actually, a city. There's a city. I think it's about fifty kilometers away. Okay. Okay. But um. They like obviously they're not beside it, yeah. but they can see it, and it's a really cool 
if you look up on YouTube, Catacumbo Lightning, mm. it's really cool to look at. Really, really cool. Oh, yes, I can imagine. But yes. it can be very dangerous as well. Oh, very dangerous. You'd, like, you wouldn't want to, I don't know, go there for a tour, you know, like a you tour. You wouldn't want to of... go there playing golf. Yes, yes. No waving umbrellas around. No, no, no. You wouldn't like that, man. <laughs> the Lightning oh, wouldn't like you either, then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Zap you. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we we'll move, move on to the next that. one yeah so i'm going to talk about a really cool sort of rainbow oh it's a rainbow phenomenon but it's called the angelic brocken specter oh i like that and the unfortunate thing about it is you'll only catch a glimpse of it if you're a really experienced mountain climber okay okay but if you do get the chance to experience it and if you're an avid mountain climber um, people describe the experience as heavenly and you could see so because it's really cool I'll show you a picture Rory so oh yes oh wow you know what that reminds me of just for the people listening yeah. at home it, it kind of looks like the Paramount logo you know when yeah, the yeah, stars exactly. shoot out from behind but it's a rainbow basically kind of covering a peak of a mountain am I right about yeah, that? exactly okay. exactly Exactly. So a rainbow, nearly a, nearly a full circle, but kind of connected at the bottom by the peak of the mountain. If you were to swap the stars on the Paramount logo for a rainbow, that's, that's what, what you, you get. get. What you that's get. what you get. <laughs> exactly. That is what you will get. But now you're probably entering or wondering, what is it? Well, it's a weather phenomena that occurs when a shadow is magnified and surrounded by a rainbow. Okay? Oh, wow. So it's a product of the sun casting a shadow on a water droplet in the air, which has to be behind you. And then this in turn reflects back off the water droplets. So the image bounces back. Holy so it's very cow. cool. Very that is cool. so cool. Oh my gosh. So it's like the shadow of a sun, basically. Like it, yeah, yeah, exactly. That is mental. It's very cool. I really like that. Very cool. It's that, that almost sounds like something out of sci-fi. Like, yeah, you know, the, yeah, yeah. The, sh the shadow sun incident or the something like sun. that. shadow sun, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, whoa, it's a rainbow. The rainbow is right. <laughs> cool, it's cool. It is. The next thing uh, I'd like to, to draw your attention to is something called the pirate's green flash. Now, this is cool. I, I like this one now. So you can see. Well, they can't. <laughs> you can you can see actually uh, on the radio waves if you close your eyes and you, you think really you think hard <laughs> but I'll describe it so it happens at dusk or dawn and you can see a little green blob in the distance and it's not like a a bright green it's more of a, a like the green on the Irish flag but luminous and it kind of looks like it if, if you were looking through, let's say, a window pane of some sort, it yeah. looks like it would be a smudge on the window pane that you'd wipe. It's emerald green. Yes, yes. I get yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the kind of image that Dara is showing right now is just a, a lovely red sky dawn. And kind of where you'd expect the sun to be rising, it's the green smudge. Am I correct? Exactly. Uh, and exactly. It's, it's, it, it does look like an emerald, like a, a proper emerald that you could buy from a jeweler's or something like exactly. that. Exactly. So essentially, it's a green flash of light that appears near the sun and it occurs just before sunset and sunrise. Okay. okay? Only, only then. Yes. Okay? And observing this green flash is like the direct result of looking at the sun uh, through a greater and greater thickness of the atmosphere as the sun moves lower in the sky. 
So as it gets lower and lower, it gets more intense. Okay. So so it would does it does the smudge become bigger or does it become Just more brighter? Becomes more brighter, intense. Brighter, yeah, brighter, yeah, 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 yeah. And easier to see. All right. Yes. So water vapor in the atmosphere absorbs the yellow and orange colors in white sunlight, and then air molecules scatter the violet light. Okay. Ooh. And what does that leave? The, the blue green, and green, green light. So leave sorry red and blue green light. Yeah. Okay. And then as the sun nears the horizon, the light is highly bent so that there appears to be two discs, a red one and a blue-green one, okay? Yes. And, like, the red one is always closest to the horizon, so it's hard to see. Like, you can see there's a slight little tinge there. Yes. But it, it's, it's very sorry, hard to see. It's kind of like a line, a line on the horizon. Exactly. And, and because of that... Because normally when the sun is setting or the sun is rising, red sky, yeah. night, red sky, morning, you know, shepherd's yeah, morning, exactly. kind of thing, it would be incredibly difficult to see that light. Exactly. Uh, especially if it's like an amber kind of orange glow from the, the sun. Exactly. And just as the sun sets, the green light kind of takes over yes. and it becomes really intense mm-hmm. and that's your chance to see it in full show, should we say. And do you think, you know, you're... For, I don't know, for an example, you're, you're farming in the middle of nowhere. Mm. You, you're looking at the sunset. You're going like, wow, that's a beautiful sunset. And then, yeah. bam, this green light appears. Yeah. Maybe maybe some UFO sightings could be oh, explained by this. 100%. Because, you know, little green men. Because it is hovering. Green flashes. It's green. And <laughs> green isn't the colour you'd associate with being in the sky. Yes, yes. Uh, kind of green is more so an earthly colour. Earthly. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. earthly. So you would think, and as well, it's, it's luminous. Mm. It's very luminous. It is. So you would definitely think that's not supposed to be in the sky. That's an unnatural thing put there by someone. Exactly. But then it's easily explained. It's science. Exactly. Science. Refraction, light, everything like that. It's 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 great. Now this next phenomena creeps me out. It's just the look of them. Oh. So they're called mammoth clouds. Okay. And I'll show you a picture, Rory. Do. And I'll try and describe. Yeah, it is that kind of creepy? Oh my goodness! So they kind of look like. Uh, droplets kind of so there's like a main cloud layer and then from the cloud layer they're, they're kind of roundest round spherical they're like clouds. marshmallows stuck yes. into a piece of white paper yes and, yes and they're hanging like they're low to the ground they kind of i know this is, may sound a bit weird but you know like war you know how war you know oh, kind yeah, of round yeah, 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 yeah. they kind of look like if, if you boiled someone oh this is a horrible thing if you've ever seen it someone's skin that's boiled you know yeah, that yeah. it starts to pop pop up. Exactly. exactly it's like it that. looks like that yeah exactly it, it's it's actually a lot nicer than the way we've described it <laughs> it, it, it they do look like marshmallows oh, they do, love they to do, they pick do. them and eat so yeah that but that's what they these look like the reason I think they look creepy is that, and other people agree, is that when people see them, they give off the appearance that the sky is falling. Because oh. it's getting closer and closer, do you get me? So you're like Chicken Little. Stretching down. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Oh gosh, except this one isn't going to be explained by aliens. <laughs> no, 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 exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh, well, that's really cool. So, how are they formed, okay? So, unlike most clouds that form when the air rises, these clouds form when moist air sinks into dry air, okay? Oh, okay. And specifically, the air must be colder than the air around it and have a large uh, water content, okay? And this unique mixture sort of creates these 
bubble-like appearances yes. in the cloud because you have the water vapor, okay? Mm. And these clouds are actually a really good indication of severe weather if it's on the way or if it's nearby. Oh, sugar. So what you're saying is if I'm looking at the sky, I see these. I, my first reaction is, oh, my Lord, the, the sky is falling. Uh, yeah, and, and, then, then, and then you think they're great. They look really nice. And then you're actually, oh, no, a storm is on the way. You have the realization that this is trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. This is tough trouble. All right. The next phenomena is really interesting. And it's been kind of... Uh, likened to you know UFO appearances, mm. ghosts, Ooh. even you know supernatural powers, um, and it's ball lightning. Ball lightning. Ball lightning. So it's really really weird. I actually, my pen pal, but I actually saw it once. Okay. Oh in really? New York. Yeah. It was ball lightning. So I was on the top floor of a New York hotel, and I was eight years old and I was looking out the window mm -hmm. and across from me was guess what another skyscraper and then between those two skyscrapers so mine and not that I owned it <laughs> but the one I was in yes. and the other one was this sort of white light that was shimmering and twitching and mm -hmm. moving around and it moved around for about maybe 10 seconds and then it just whizzed off so my eight-year-old brain was caught saying, aliens, aliens. Yeah. But it's only recently that I heard about this ball lightning phenomena. And I'm like, actually, no, that was ball, ball lightning. Because it was a really stormy day as well. Gee whiz. Yeah, so it was really cool. That is, that sounds incredible. Like, imagine seeing that. that oh, yeah. Dara, I'm quite jealous now, I must say. Oh, I'm green with them. I still remember it. <laughs> that is to brilliant. To this day, and it's about, you know, 11, 12 years ago. And that's something you'll carry with you, like, all your oh, life. Yeah, exactly. Something that cool and exciting. Exactly. But um, it's probably the weirdest on this list that I'm going through, this phenomenon. Okay? okay. Okay. So, as I've described, you know, it's like something out of a fantasy movie, because mm. or a sci-fi movie, because um, they actually generally appear in front of people. Okay. Yeah, like, right in front of them, really close to them. No one knows why. And it is estimated that about 10% of people in the US have seen them. 10% of all, all uh, of the population? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gee whiz, that's, that's quite high actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can be red, orange or yellow and they're a sphere of light. Okay? Mm. And they're said to descend from the sky or form sort of several meters off the ground. Yes. And they have a mind of their own you know they can bounce off objects they can go through walls bounce or they off. yeah go through walls yeah or they can actually burn people okay um, and they leave behind a smell of sulfur really weird oh and this God. is why people are like oh aliens you know because yeah. it's chasing after me sometimes they literally will burst through the wall hover around and then just fly off again what? and the only way scientists have been able to sort of half rationalize it is that they figured out that they form when there is thunderstorm activity or when there will be but there is no real general consensus on what exactly causes it oh my gosh i just can't believe that like up until the point where you say they go through walls yeah i was on board with the fact that this is just some sort of freak weather yeah but man i'm having second doubts now that is 
strange. Very strange. Very cool, but strange. And the fact that they, you know, all the other examples of, of weather phenomena that you've given yeah. so far, they've been able to be properly explained by science. But this, this one, one hasn't. They're still the the you know the the question of how they're properly formed and why they behave that Not way is still out there. No, I think. Oh, crazy. That would mate. You you've seen something that yeah, can't be explained exactly. by science. And That's it's very cool. cool. <laughs> I'll always remember it. It was it was really cool. Really. Oh cool. my lord. But lightning features heavily in this list and what I'm going through because it's such a weird phenomena. Mm. And the next thing on the list is another lightning related phenomena. And it's called jellyfish lightning. Oh, jellyfish. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I'll show you a picture. Do. So it's like pink, a pink oh, blur yeah. that hovers above the ground, like luminous pink. And it looks like if you were to take a picture of a moving pink object. Yes. Uh, That's bouncing really back and blurry. forth. Yeah, yes. really blurry. It and does. It's really, really cool. And, and as as the name would insinuate, it does look like they, uh, jellyfish in the sky. And jellyfish Kind of floating up yeah, the way. Exactly, yes, and, exactly. and down. So like a pink. It's pink. That yeah. That's quite cool, actually. Oh, it's very cool. It's, it's a lovely shade of pink as well. It's, it is. It's not too sore on the eye. I'd say... say no, it's, it's nice. It kind of looks like fireworks. You know when you fire yes. a firework in the in the sky and certain ones have it where they trail down yeah. and then kind of disappear? Yes. It looks like that. Oh, it does. It looks very much like that, actually. It, it really does. And, you know, they're caused by discharges of positive lightning um, between an underlying thunder cloud sorry, and the ground. And the phenomena forms... Uh, due to the irregularities in the plasma or charged particles of gas in the ionosphere, okay? So if you can imagine, no. you have the lightning coming down, but it's actually, it's not just the lightning, it's the charged particles and the the gas. The gas is also charged in a way. The lightning heats it up and interacts with it, and that's why you get this brilliant pink colour. So, so the gas isn't exactly igniting, it's just having a reaction. Exactly, uh, exactly. So, so if I were to, well, naturally, because it's kind of electricity, yeah. you know, I, it would singe my hand or something. Exactly, or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. If I touched it. Yeah. So it's not something it's, that you'd run up to. And it's a like, form uh, of lightning, really. Yeah. But it's more of a discharge than, uh, you know, your traditional fork lightning that hits the ground. It's more of a, that the lightning occurs and it's like an effect after effect it's yes. still charged but and, it's and an after does it effect. stay there for a little bit uh, it kind stays of. for about a second and it's gone oh yeah. so it's it's not one of those things where it, it kind of hovers in doesn't the air linger. okay no, no okay. doesn't linger but that makes it even more exciting and the fact that people have managed to picture such picture amazing it, yeah. wow i i that's very impressive. i think that'll be a cool job you know those storm chasers i know they're ridiculous oh. but uh really cool it would be so cool, but so dangerous. Very dangerous. Like, have you, do you see the vans they drive around in? No, they're cool. They're I like, like armored tanks. Armored tanks, yeah. That's brilliant. Imagine driving that down into the college. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't Show do my up. assignment. <laughs> and I'm not getting out of this car. <laughs> Come oh and get gosh. me. <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh, gosh. And then, and then, oh, 
if you if you're studying um the the the, the weather uh, and you're chasing after them and everything like that you could kind of have a mounted like turret on the top of the camera oh yeah that'd be very cool I'd like i just that. thought of that sorry that'd, that'd be very cool that'd be cool um and i think the last thing that i'll finish up on uh they're really ominous looking and they're called shelf clouds shelf oh they okay so the picture that dyer is kind of showing me it looks like a dust storm but a, and it's kind of like encroaching if you can imagine like a mad max fury road dust exactly. storm encroaching on land and you see it but then imagine it but appearing in the sky so there's just a massive gap between i'd say that's several kilometers oh, yeah. between the the, the, yeah. the ground and this kind of dust storm looking cloud yeah and it has an orangey like glow and in the picture though which is quite surprising and surprises me a bit is that the actual sky is still kind of crystal blue it is but the clouds are bright orange so bright it, it does look like a dust like a, storm a brown shade of orange really yes. earthy desert mm. feel to it and then the bottom of it kind of looks like you've sliced the dust storm Kind of in half, and it looks quite dark. It's a exactly. very dark exactly. Uh, brown. Exactly. But these occur when warm, moist air um, is fed into a thunderstorm's updraft region. Okay, and what happens then is the cloud <laughs> then raises up uh, from the ground. Okay, due to the um, the warm, moist air interacting with the actual thunderstorm. Okay. So if you can imagine, the air goes in, thunderstorm plays havoc with it, and because it's warm air, it'll rise, okay? Uh -huh. But then the thunderstorm updraft region, which essentially is like a cannonball, you, if you were to throw a ball, you can imagine, if you were to throw a ball into a, let's say a trampoline, yes, bounce it off, it bounce up. Same thing with warm air, it bounces up, okay? And uh, because it's caused by a thunderstorm um, and generally occurs just before a full thunderstorm is uh, formed, these are a pretty good indication of a, a storm. Ah, yes. So, so like, I can't remember the exact example you gave earlier, but it's, it's a forewarning. Oh, it was the, the bubble marshmallow. Bubble, yes, yeah. um, yes, it's just like they're a warning of a storm that's about to just absolutely wreck it. Exactly, okay. exactly. And would you say these occur more so outside of, outside of Europe, more in like North America, South well, America? They would occur in regions where thunderstorms are quite uh, prevalent. Yeah. So, you know, monsoon season, probably Thailand, yes. uh, Malaysia, places like that. Even, you know, the uh, there's a, a tornado valley in yes, the States. Yes, yes, you're right. That's what it's called, where, the, you know, there's perfect mountains and you know it's hot it, it's like that place in venezuela where exactly. it's just everything has culminated into the perfect area exactly for tornadoes exactly exactly like you know so many other places in the world like venezuela yes or um i'm trying to think of a few more places there's a place in holland i believe that there are a few uh, tornadoes as well because it's quite low it's, it's very flat. Very flat, very <laughs> flat. But there's loads of different places in Earth that are kind yeah. of hotspots for weird weather phenomena. And and I think it would be great at some stage in our lives if we could travel and maybe see more of these. Because you've already seen the, the ball. The, the ball of lightning. ball of lightning. And um, 
I actually one weather phenomenon that I thought was very cool was uh, that that I've actually witnessed uh, was a uh, kind of like a mini tornado. Oh yes. Um, it, 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 I can't. I don't know what they're exactly called. I think maybe they call sand something. Uh, but it wasn't sand devils. Sand devils maybe. Yeah. Uh, but they, they kind of it whipped up anyway because I, I used to live in the Middle East. Yeah. When we were driving. And Dad and I just drove straight through it, and the car just like kind of like wobbled through oh, a little bit, true, and the sand true. just everywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the sand snakes on the road from oh, the yeah, wind. Yeah, yeah. Very, very that's cool. very cool. Yeah, but nothing as cool as that ball of lightning. Yeah. That's mental. I'll always remember. That's it's really cool. cool. So yes, um, that brings uh, close to the first topic, I believe. It does. It does. Great. I, I I really enjoyed that. Well, the weather is a lot more interesting than I thought. It is. It is <laughs> way more interesting. It's great. So we are going to leave you now. And you're going to be listening to Jingle Bell Rock. Yes. Um, and then after the break, I'm going to come back and we're going to talk a bit about Christmas, Dara. Christmas. For topic two, we're going to kind of go through Christmas movies, Christmas food, Christmas decorations and Christmas songs. Beautiful. We're going to rank them out of ten. Oh. Each example I kind of give. We're going to discuss each for a little bit. Yes. Um, and then we're going to kind of come together at the end and we're going to choose our favourite from each category. Beautiful. Uh, so that's what I kind of decided upon this week. So yeah, we're going to leave you with Jingle Bell Rock and we'll see you after the break. Welcome back to Rory and Dara's research and development on Flirt FM 101.3 or on Spotify. Boom. Boom. Spotify. <laughs> and we will be releasing a few more episodes, I believe, over the, you know, the, the Christmas and between the break. Yeah. Um, We're not back till we February have, 8th. Yeah, so we'll be 
you know, updating our Spotify on a pretty regular occurrence as well. Definitely. So if you are sick of our episodes, you can be even more sick of them on Spotify. <laughs> that was uh, the famous Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. Ooh. I know him well. He's great. He's a great man. Great lad. Oh, great on a night out. Oh, mighty man. He's a crazy man on a night out. He's rocking around. Uh, he is rocking around <laughs> oh, the tree. No, 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 that's different. <laughs> I realised I was going to go down yeah, that yeah, same yeah, route yeah. and then I was like, oh, <laughs> sugar. But yeah, no, uh, Jingle Bell Rock, great song. It is. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. But you know what I also enjoy? I enjoy Christmas movies. Though. I do as well. And I have a few here. James Bond. Ja- <laughs> James Bond's a Christmas movie. It is, yeah. Which one's set during the Christmas? Is it Russia from Russia with Love? Is that set during uh, Christmas? James Bond and the... Uh, and the, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and the Christmas tree. <laughs> and the Christmas tree. Oh yeah. gosh, lovely! That's my favourite one. Or uh, James Bond and the Red Nose Reindeer. Ah, oh, that's an interesting one. I didn't think he'd shoot poor old Rudolph. No, no. <laughs> if they, I think, you know, some movies sound good together, like Indiana Jones and the Chamber of Secrets. Oh my goodness. You know. Oh, but I feel like that could be very similar to the Temple of Doom. Do you, do you oh, get what I'm saying? Be. Because he kind of goes, you know, Temple of Doom is kind of like underground yeah. and everything like that. And the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. And so, so, boss, as you say it, it's an excellent name. And it I is. think I'd, th- I'd watch it anyway. I would <laughs> Actually, on that topic, I know the topic is Christmas movies and we will get into them. And I will tell you the premise in a second. But I always think of Indiana Jones as kind of a Christmassy time movie. Oh, I love Indiana Jones. I watch the entire trilogy every Christmas. Yeah. I also do that with Star Wars. Yeah. I, I guess uh, Spielberg, George Lucas kind yeah, of... They, they play off each other. <laughs> exactly. But I do love those movies. And they're always on uh, during the Christmas. RT2. Exactly. RT1. The big, big movie sort of job. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and they're always on the great. Oh, they are. The great. However, I haven't included them in our Christmas movies list. And so I have a couple of Christmas movies here, uh, ones that I personally have seen and I, I love, and I was thinking that we could go through them, discuss each one uh, in not very in-depth detail, and kind of give it a rating out of 10. And I think we're going to start with quite a big one, there, and we're going to talk about Home Alone. Great movie. 1999, uh, 1990 release. Great so movie. So do you want to, just a refresher for anyone, a little bit of a synopsis of the movie. Oh. It's, uh, this is, I kind of basically pulled this off IMDb because I feel like you or I telling the kind of story, we might get into spoiler territory. True. So I decided that if I pull these synopsises, synopsi, I don't know what the plural for synopsis is. Synopsis. If I pulled them and I read them, we're not going to spoil anything for anyone in case they haven't seen them. Good plan. plan. So these are from IMDb. Uh, So we'll we I don't know if we'll be able to link them on the radio show, but we'll definitely link um all the synopsis. We'll do our best in Spotify. So Home Alone. So when a bratty eight-year-old Kevin McAllister, played by Macaulay Culkin, legendary character, uh, acts. Out the night before a family trip to Paris, Ooh. his mother makes him sleep in the attic. After the McAllisters mistakenly leave for the airport without Kevin, he awakens to an empty house and assumes his wish to have no family has come true. And assumes. not I think I've messed that up anyway. Uh, but his excitement sours when he realises that two con men, uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, I love Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah. Especially like Goodfellas He's and stuff so like crap, that. Yeah. Um, plan to rob the McAllister residence 
and that he alone must protect his family home. So that that's the premise of Home Alone. Um, and I guess now we're allowed to get into spoilers because we've kind of gotten that... Well, I don't know if we really want to, but I love Home Alone. I watch it every Christmas. Most of these movies I'll watch every Christmas. It, it's a Christmas film. It is. Feel good. Oh, it's, it's brilliant because... At the start of the movie, you have all these flawed characters kind of shouting at each other. And then by the end of it, they all kind of realise that their, their love for each other was a thing kind of holding exactly. them together. And Kevin, although he wished his family to to be gone, they kind of come back near the end and he loves it. Yeah, you know? no, it's a good movie. It's great. And, and the, the hijinks, the actual hijinks and kind of, I don't know, com- comedic uh, moments are, are just brilliant. And the traps mm. and the, you know, the planning. Yes. And, uh, you know, all of that that went on. As a, very as a, interesting. As a kid, you almost wanted to be Kevin yeah. McAllister. Like, because he, he... I don't know. There's something about, like, setting up these kooky traps. And he goes traps. shopping. Yes, he does. Himself. Yeah, he that's does. good crap. But that's kind of repeated again in Home Alone 2. I don't actually have Home Alone 2 on this list. Oh, Because yeah. I felt like one per, quote-unquote, franchise, do you get what I'm saying? There's four, aren't there? I believe so. Yeah. But the fourth one... I think the third and fourth one are a bit dodgy. Really? If I recall. They leave him at home again, do they? I believe it's... In a hotel, is it? No, that's the second one. That's the second one. That's the second one where he gets on the wrong flight. Yeah. Uh, I guess we're talking about Home Alone 2. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Lost in New York City is the kind of like tagline under Home Alone 2. But basically, uh, Kevin is go- gets to the airport this time, but he gets on the wrong flight after, I think, he drops something and then he follows his what he who he believes is his dad. But it isn't. And then he gets on the wrong flight and goes to New York and maxes out his father's credit card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And he meets Trump and everything. But I think the way we've talked about Home Alone and how much we love it, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say it's a 10 out of 10. I'd say it's an 11. An 11 out of 10. Gee whiz. We're already breaking the scale. It's it's only the first movie. You know, it defines Christmas. It really really does, does. actually. Because especially, I don't know... the, the. the kind of feeling you get around it, the themes and everything. Feel good. Exactly. Perfect. So so I'd say the average for that is a 10.5. 10.5 out 10. of 10. 10.5 out of 10 for Home Alone, the 1990 release. Uh, and I guess we'll give that 10.5 um, out of 10 also to Home Alone too. Yeah. Because it, that was kind of a combo pairing. So the next movie I have for you, Darren, and I'm not sure if you've seen this, so I'll, I'll, I'll ask you about it, is Scrooged. I have. Yeah, I've seen it. One with Bill Murray. So I'll give you the quick synopsis, more so for the viewers at home because of it. Uh, In this modern take on Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, Frank Cross, who's played by Bill Murray, love that lad, is a wildly, uh, wildly, uh, oh my goodness, I can't say wildly, wildly successful television executive whose cold ambition and selfish nature has driven away the love of his life, Claire Phillips, right? Uh, So after firing a staff member, Elliot Loudermilk. What a second name. I love that name. Loudermilk. They just, they, I think they clicked. Or, or not even clicked. They got went to a dictionary and just like flicked through the pages. Loudermilk. Yeah. Loudermilk. Uh, he fired him on Christmas Eve. Uh, Frank, so Bill Murray's character, is visited by a series of ghosts who give him a chance to reevaluate his actions and right the wrongs of his past. So it's basically uh, a Christmas carol retold. But I love it because of Bill Murray. He, I do. He carries this movie he's very good and it's brilliant I only saw it would you believe it for the first time last year I saw it three years ago ah okay but I absolutely adore this movie uh, the, the comedy in it is brilliant there's a lot of slapstick actually surprisingly oh yeah um, but I, I quite enjoy that there's some dark humour as well yes yes I like his humour though his sense of humour is good mm. it's edgy it's 
the ghost of Christmas uh, past, I believe. Uh, Jacob Marley is who it w- would be in a Christmas yeah. Carol. I can't remember the na- ca- the name of the character in the movie, uh, but I I loved him because he's just the cynical boss that Bill Murray used to have. Exactly. And he just comes back and he's like, you're turning into me. <laughs> and there's like golf balls being thrown at him and it kind of goes through. Yeah. I absolutely love that. What would you rank it there? Eight. An eight out of ten. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to go with you on that one. I think eight out of ten. Because it's not a perfect masterpiece. There are lulls in it, but I do like it a lot. I do as well, yeah. I'd, I'd agree. Well, I'll move on to the next one then. And it's the Santa Claus uh, released in 1994. Do you know it? Have you seen it? I who plays Santa Claus again? Tim Allen. Oh, I have seen it. Yes, he. So basically, I, I've I, seen it. I'm I, I'm I'm gonna summarize the synopsis because I'll, I'll I'll try and do it on some of the yeah. lesser kind of movies. Oh, maybe spoiler. Um, he kills Santa Claus and basically becomes Santa Claus. Yeah. I don't like this movie. I give it a. I I like it, but I don't love it. Hmm. Um, I think I don't like the idea of killing Santa Claus. That that's what got that me. That just kid. kills Christmas. Exactly, and he became him. He like, murdered Santa Claus. That's a bad, uh, you know, sort of um, example to set children. Yeah. That absolutely. if they want to become Santa Claus, they have to kill him. If you want to become anyone, kill them. Like can yeah, you imagine like, a child going down the street and just yeah, awful. I'm a banker now. <laughs> awful. Yeah, I'm the president or whatever. You know, it's crazy. I'm gonna. I I, I think. Another reason this movie kind of is on my naughty list yeah. <laughs> for, <laughs> for a Christmas theme kind of uh, criticism of it is because I think it spawned two sequels. So I think it's Santa Claus 2 and 3. Yeah. And I saw them before I saw the original. Yeah. I, I could not follow it. Even as an adult, I tried to rewatch them. I, I think they were just such a mess of a movie. Yeah, at least with Indiana Jones, you can follow it. Exactly. James <laughs> Bond. Exactly. You know? So I'm going to go out on a limb here and give The Santa Claus, 1994 release, a 3. I, will, I give it a 4. A 4, so a 3.5. Yeah. Alright, we'll give it a 3.5. And that kind of brings us on to maybe, maybe, I'm putting it out there, maybe the greatest Christmas movie of all time. I'm, I, I'm stating it. The Muppet Christmas Carol. I love Carol. The Muppet. I love this movie. Two bits. It's amazing. Absolutely everything. Muppets. Miss Burn Piggy, Kermit, everything. Burner, 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You can reference, not only are you getting a brilliant Christmas kind of story. A musical. A, a musical as well. It, 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 everything about this movie is Christmas personified. Childhood glee in the fact that the Muppets are performing uh, an age-old story. Kind of, It's very similar to Scrooge because it's Christmas Carol. Um, but you know it's it's brilliant and I absolutely love this movie. I'm giving it a solid ten out of ten. I give it a twelve. A t- oh, gee whiz! So an eleven I out think of ten. It's more deserving a Home Alone because it's a musical oh, yes. as well. It is a musical. That oh, you know what? I'm breaking the scale here. I think I'm giving it a twelve as well. Oh, average of twelve. Average of twelve out of ten. <laughs> I I love this movie. I love a load of the the, the Muppet kind of movies. Um, though I think in recent years they've kind of, I don't know, lost a tiny bit of their touch, their bit of magic. Yeah, I think the you know old school Muppets are the best Muppets. Absolutely. I didn't even give a synopsis of this movie. It's basically another Christmas carol telling, but the Muppets playing all the, the characters. The Muppets are brilliant. And they're absolutely brilliant. 
But then this brings me on to just another... We're coming out with the big guns yeah. here. I mean, the best of the best Christmas yeah. movies and the Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Elf. I don't like it. You you don't like Elf? No. You really don't like Elf? No. I think Will Ferrell tried to be too funny in it. So you think he tried too hard? Yes. In Elf? Yeah. I did. There's not supposed to be silence on the radio, but I think that silence that just preceded this conversation... I don't like it. I can't believe that. I, that that's actually shocked me. I know. You're, you're one of the few people I've met who, doesn't, who don't like Elf. Um, I don't like it. All right. Okay. I, I don't like it. I, I can understand. I can understand. I can sympathise, but... I just feel he tries a bit too hard to be funny. And mm. that's not just in that movie in general. So you wouldn't be Will Ferrell's biggest fan? I would be a fan of him in that movie. Is a Step Brothers. Yes, I yes. like him in that movie. You like Step Brothers. But I don't... Anchorman, it's okay. You give give or take for you. Yeah, Elf, I don't like it. You just don't no. like it. So if you were to rank Step Brothers... Like, one, two, yeah. and three. Step Brothers... Um, what was the other one you gave? Sorry. Anchorman. Uh, Anchorman and Elf. I'd have them in that order. Really? Yeah. So Elf would be third? Yes. Gee whiz. Goodness gracious, that, that, that's thrown me off a bit. I there. know. So what would you give it? Out of ten. Out of ten? A f- three. A three? Yeah. So what I gave the Santa Claus, you were giving Elf. Yeah. Oh, that's... Because I, I was going to go and give it a nine. Gee nope. whiz. That's mental. So that's an average of six, is it? Six, yeah. That's... That shocked me. The reason is as well, that's fairly newish movie. Yeah, it? I think yeah, it's... I, a... I always find the old Christmas movies are the best. Yes, I understand. Well, you know what's actually kind of weird? Well, This movie came out when we were two years old, right? Yeah. And that's considered a newish Christmas movie. Yeah. And I feel very much on the same kind of line that you're saying. Yeah. Um, that after kind of this movie, you, you believe beforehand, kind of Christmas movies haven't been as good since. <laughs> Too commercial. Yes, and I and they're two kind of, I don't know. I I know literally two of the movies we've brought up already, Scrooge and the Muppet Christmas Carol, have been the exact same story, but they put their own twists on them. Exactly. But I feel like Christmas movies today hit too many of the same beats. They're like, we gotta have the you know the the kid in need. We gotta have this blah 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 blah. blah. It was all set up kind of by these movies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go on to a controversial kind of pick next. Even though I think your beliefs on Elf are very controversial anyway. They are. <laughs> I like to be controversial. <laughs> oh, Schweppes. You might hear some more controversy <laughs> in, on Spotify over the Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. But uh, Gremlins. I love those fellas. You love the Gremlins. Yeah. I am partial to the Gremlins, but they wouldn't be kind of that top tier kind of movies. Yeah. Um, so should, should I give the synopsis? Because I feel like this, even though it's a quite a well-known... don't know, don't know the Gremlins. So a gadget salesman is looking for a special gift for his son and finds one at a store in Chinatown. Actually, you know, when I remember this movie, I kind of forget that it, he, he buys the, the toy yeah. from... It. Anyway, uh, the shopkeeper is reluctant to sell him the Mogwai, but sells it to him uh, with the warning to never expose him to bright light, water, or to feed him after midnight. All of this happens, and the result is a gang of gremlins that decide to tear up the town on Christmas Eve. So, I actually quite like the premise, because it's, it's kind of, it's different, it's out there. But, I feel like the execution of the movie 
maybe could have been done a bit better. I know. I like the rough side of it though. You do. I yeah, think. I, I, I think yes. that when was it made? It's um, the eighties. Nineteen eighty four. I believe. Yeah, yes. I like those sort of eighties spoof films. Yes. Yes. Like Airplane. I love <gasps> Airplane. Airplane's amazing. Oh, what's the main actor in Airplane again? He's absolutely brilliant in it. Oh, Leslie Nielsen. Yes, yes, yes. He's absolutely brilliant. And he does like the Naked Gun movies as well. Yeah. If I, those are just comedic masterpieces. But So you like the rough around the edges. I do. 80s I do. movies, yeah. Gremlins. Um, I think I'm going to give that a, a six. I'd give it an eight. An eight. So okay, so seven. 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 So we're giving the Gremlins, 1984, a, a seven. seven. 70%. A first class honour. Exactly, exactly. So now we're going to go well back in time. And you said that you believe the older Christmas movies are better, right? So I'm coming at you with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Do you know it? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. You haven't seen no. it? No. So it's basically claymation. You, you, I'm going to bring it back to Elf a little bit. Yeah. You know that little segment in Elf where they have the claymation mm. and everything like that? That's a throwback to Rudolph the Red-Nosed oh, Reindeer. Oh, yes. This came out in 1964. Oh. It was kind of like a somewhat revolutionary film because yeah. it was just really, really well done. Yeah. Like, there'd been claymation up until this point, but it was kind of like a breakthrough. They'd done, they, they'd done very well. Yeah. And it kind of spawned uh, numerous kind of claymation Christmas-themed movies after that. Yeah. Um, I personally have a soft spot for this because I saw it when I was very young. Yeah. Saying that, though... I don't think this is a movie that you can watch with your kind of parents over and over again. Yes. And so, yeah, so that's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So what would you... I know you haven't really seen it, but from the premise of... If it was revolutionary, yes. I'd give it an eight. An eight. I think I would go along the same lines as you. I'm considering deducting marks because it's kind of a children's too much of a children's film but mm. I don't think you can I think can, no, not kind of the innocence of Christmas gives it a solid 8 an 8 lovely stuff 8 is great 8 is great and you know what 1988 was a great <sighs> year too it was and guess what came out in 1988 Derek Die Hard yes um, a Christmas movie I don't care what people say I think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is. And I would have thought... I 100% agree. Brilliant. I'm glad we agree on that. Because I, I, I know people that would vehemently deny that Die Hard is a Christmas no. movie and say that it's just an action They're wrong. Movie. They're wrong. All, uh, I think one, two, I'm, I'm ner- no, three wasn't set during Christmas, but one and two are definitely Christmas movies. And they have all the qualities of a, of a good Christmas movie. Yes, they do, actually. They kind of have the theme of family because he's trying to get back and see exactly. his wife. Um, he, do- he doesn't have a kid at this stage. That was the later Die Hard. So, yeah, so he's trying to get back and see his wife. I don't know. He's saving Christmas in saving a way. Saving action. <laughs> action. Action. Exactly. It's very funny. Funny, It's yeah. a funny movie. Like, there's co- comedy in it. And I think for a good Christmas movie, you actually have to have some oh, kind do. of comedy. Uh, lightheartedness. Exactly. Kind of, I don't know, a jovial kind of experience. Exactly. And, and as you say, feel good. Die Hard, weirdly enough, when Hans Gruber falls off the building, spoiler alert... It's kind of feel good. It is feel good. <laughs> it's very feel good. So I'm going to give it a nine. I give it a, a nine and a half. Ooh, I so 9.25. 9. 9. Yes. yes. Ooh, exciting stuff. Um, so then there's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, the, another claymation film. Have yeah, you seen it? I hate it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't it. be its biggest no, fan either. I, that's my least favourite movie. Ever? Uh, one of them. Caroline is my least favourite movie ever. 
That oh. would be my second. I oh. hate that creepy stuff. Oh my goodness, that's shocked me because I quite like Caroline. I hate it. But Nightmare Before Christmas is kind of one of those ones that I actually don't feel like. My my reasoning behind not liking it is because I actually, even though it's set during Christmas time, I actually don't feel very Christmassy when I watch it. I don't like it. You don't like it at no. all? No. Oh my goodness. I can I can completely sympathise with that. I feel like this is probably going to be voted very low. Yeah, very low. Um, should I give a quick synopsis just in case people haven't seen it? Uh... I know what I'm giving it anyways. Okay, well I'm going to give the synopsis. Um, the film follows the misadventures of Jack Skellington. So basically this Halloween town's uh, beloved pumpkin king who has become bored with the same annual routine of frightening people in the real world. When Jack accidentally stumbles on Christmas Town, all bright colours and warm spirits, he gets a new lease on life. He plots to bring Christmas under his control by kidnapping Santa Claus and taking over his role. But Jack soon discovers even the best laid plans of mice and skeleton men can go seriously awry. I... I don't know. I think it, for me, anyway, I know you despise it. Falls under the category of the Santa Claus, where it's not a great message. I know he does kind of come around near the end, but at the same time... You're giving uh, it a zero. You... Oh, I didn't expect a zero. A zero, yeah. A zero. A zero. Didn't like anything about it. Anything at all? No. Gee whiz. I, I, I was going to give it like a four, but I guess that gives it a two. A two. That's mental. So the Nightmare Before Christmas gives it a gets a two. That is going to be controversial and some people are going to hate us for that. But I quite like that, Dara. I'm shaking Dara's hand right now out of respect. He's, he, he doesn't care what people think. No. He's his own man. No. Yeah. What's <laughs> up? Oh my gosh. Don't at him, boys. He's coming <laughs> at you. Exactly. Oh, Schleps. Goodness gracious. But you know, you kind of reflect on your your past and everything like that during this time. And you know who kind of reflected on their past? Who? Um, George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life in 1946. Oh, I haven't seen that. You haven't seen no. that? Oh my goodness. It's brilliant. It's it's really weird. It's like a Christmas carol. That's not really weird. So It's like a Christmas carol, but it's about a guy contemplating whether to take his own life. But I say that, and you think very dark. Very dark. But it's probably the most heartwarming film you'll ever watch. Like, uh, I think there are very few films that have... I mean this when I say this. I know everyone's like, I don't cry at films. Very few films have brought me to tears. And this is one of them. I I watched this movie, and it, it touched a special place in my heart. Because he basically... This guy, George Bailey, has so many problems, and he's thinking about ending it all. Uh, but it's at Christmas time, right? And... And he kind of is at this bridge and then uh, vaguely kind of an angel kind of comes to him and basically takes him back and shows him what everything would be like if he didn't exist. And that how he's impacted all these people yeah. and everything like that. And through that, he realizes that he needs to, he, 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 by the end of the movie, he's like, I need to live. I need to impact these people in a positive way. And it's just beautiful. You're watching this man at his lowest point and literally through looking at how he impacted other people, it brings him to probably the highest point in his life. I absolutely love this. I was going to give it a 10 out of 10. I was going to give it, you know, I don't know it. Yes. But it sounds brilliant. Derek, we're going to sit down the and message, watch it. The message behind it means it should be the best movie. The best movie? The best. The best. So I'm going to give it 18. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, ah. 
<laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. 18. So well, that gets, you gave a 10. 10, yeah. 18, so it's going to be uh, about 14. 14, yeah. yeah. Gee whiz. There we go. I think It's a Wonderful Life's about a win, even though only half of us have watched it. Yeah. Well, that brings us on to How the Grinch Stole Christmas, released in 2002. So the Jim Carrey one. Yeah. Um, I think I personally love this. It's, you, everyone kind of knows this. I, I like, like it. Mm. I don't love it. You don't love it. I like You like it. Jim Carrey, mm, sometimes I find his humour to be a little like too forced again. So along the same lines as Will yeah. Ferrell. But would you say he's as bad as Will Ferrell no. in that regard? No. Personally, I, I like both of them. So no, I, I like Jim Carrey. Yes. Um, I like him in the Dumb and Dumber movies. <laughs> yes. In The Grinch, I like him as well. Yes. But if I was to rate the movie overall, six-ish. A six. six-ish. All right, well, I, I was going to give it around a seven, maybe an eight. Actually... I don't know. I, I like to watch this with my parents. I, I'm going to give it a nine. 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 I think I'm going to give it a nine. I've been, I, I rated them quite highly uh, yeah. in all these movies. I, I'm going to give it a nine. So 7.5. 7.5, yeah. That's it. And that kind of brings a close to the Christmas movie list. Shall we, shall we run through our ratings? We will. So we gave Home Alone a 10.5. We gave Scrooged an 8. We gave The Santa Claus a 3.5. We gave the Muppet Christmas Carol a twelve. I was I, I was looking to be our, like our winner, oh, yeah. but I it has. <laughs> then Elf was given a six, quite a controversial six. Gremlins was given a seven. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was given an eight. Die Hard was given a nine point two five. Our loser of the evening, The Nightmare Before Christmas, was given a two. Ooh. Followed up by It's a Wonderful Life being given a 14. 14. Which is our overall winner. And then How the Grinch Stole Christmas, a 7.5. So the moral of the story is, you don't you don't leave before the end. Exactly. It, it's not over till the fat lady sings. Exactly. If you'd left this show thinking that bloody, what's it called, uh, the, the Muppet Christmas Carol was, was going to win. Nah. Nah. You, you just had everything we, turned on your head. You, you've we, missed out. We missed you. We, there is messing with you again. Yeah. <laughs> You've been messing with the audience this show. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that's brilliant. So yeah, that, that brings a close to the kind of Christmas movies. I think I'm going to kind of continue something along these lines next week. Because yeah. it's, it is our final episode next week of semester one. And it's going to be our most Christmas themed uh, episode. So hopefully you have a Christmas themed topic for it. I do. I, I won't put you on the spot for it right now because we like to kind of keep it... Uh, and a surprise for not um, only ourselves but for the, the Easter Bunny. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, uh, I'm going to continue. I think next week with uh, Christmas decorations, Christmas songs, and Christmas food because I feel like they're very all good. about Christmas. All about Christmas, and we're all about Christmas here we on Rory and Dara's research and development. And we just like to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Even though it's going to be a couple of days out, yeah, like a couple of weeks out when this airs. Um, I I really enjoyed today's episode. Uh, this was being episode 13. And as we leave you, as tradition kind of tells, I'm going to ask Dara, what song is he going to pick for us to kind of fade out into? Um, I have a list here of Christmas songs that could come up. And so Dara's going to read through this list right now. He's, he's pondering, he's looking through it very, very, very... I have a song in my head. Oh, he's got a song. And it's not in, my, not in the list. Is it not? No. Oh! You're really, you're really My favourite Christmas song. 
Oh, sugar. My favourite. Yes. Last Christmas by, by Wham. Wham. Oh, that's tasty. That is beautiful. I like it. You're listening. You will be listening to Future Tense to Wham Last Christmas. Thank you for tuning in to episode 13 of Rory and Dara's Research and Development. Tune in on Saturday at 5 uh, o'clock for our final episode of the semester and our Christmas extravaganza. Thank you for listening. See you on Saturday. Booyakasha. Just